good? What's good? Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Five Mics. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. It allows me to be free. It allows me to be what I want to. Um, that's what the microphone does. Uh, you're tuned into the Idea of Manhood podcast. I don't know what episode this is. This is season four. I think maybe episode seven or eight of this season. I've completely revamped this season. If you haven't joined in, thank you for being here now. I have five segments or four or five segments that I do um, just to keep the, the podcast moving. And we always start each episode with what I call a fist bump. And it's basically just like acknowledging a quote or a verse or something that really stood out to me this past week. And I ran into this uh, quote by Nikki Giovanni that goes like this. A lot of people resist transition and therefore never allow themselves to enjoy who they are. Embrace the change no matter what it is. Once you do, you can learn about the new world you're in and take advantage of it. Um, It's a lot of change happening in, in my world, in your world, in the world that we live in. And this quote really stood out to me because, you know, there's just so much power in embracing the transition, like leaning in, you know, everybody talks about leaning in or whatever it is, you know, but what that really means is, you know, we spend so much of our time fighting change, even when we don't want to, it's like we're, uh, we're kind of like leaning back from it and you know, I just really related with this quote because there's been so much change in my life over the past year. And I know I would have never made it if I was trying to resist it at any point in time. Um, you know, what I think has allowed me to be remotely successful, somewhat successful in this transition of moving to a new area, you know, living apart from my family for a few days every week is that I'm leaning in and I'm listening to what God is telling me to do, how my steps are being ordered, understanding that there's, there are no coincidences. You know what I mean? On this journey that I've been on moving to North Carolina, you know, I'll be somewhere random in a new place in the airport at a random restaurant on the street, you know, and I'll see somebody that I haven't seen in 15 years. That's happened to me so often um, in the past six to eight months that I really feel like God is sending me a message about, you know, the importance of reconnecting with folks, Uh, the importance of, you know, reaching back into our past and making connections with people that that meant a lot to us, that mean a lot to us. And that is a theme that has been continuing to show us light in my life. It's it's been continuing to add blessings in my life by just reconnecting with folks, even through this move. Um, You know, something that this move has highlighted is that, you know, me and friendship aren't always you know, aligned. I don't, I don't have a lot of friends right now. I don't, I put it like this. I don't have a lot of people that just call and check on me for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Family or friends. Um, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people would 
would make a statement like that or reflect on that and, and feel bad or feel sorry or like, oh man, what am I doing wrong that I don't have friends or family doesn't check in on me? But it's like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Because what I think, what I think God is doing and what I'm hearing him doing is like creating the grounds for me to make new connections and to meet new people and to be exposed to new energy and um so far it's been truly truly powerful um it's allowed me to be in a state of peace you know not looking for validation or anything from anybody else just kind of living in like the day-to-day and, and and seeing what god has lined up for me so this statement from nikki uh giovanni i'm gonna read it again and and just you know sit with it reflect on it throughout the week um, it's, it's done a lot for me again by Nikki Giovanni a lot of people resist transition and therefore never allow themselves to enjoy who they are embrace the change no matter what it is once you do you can learn about the new world you're in and take advantage of it and so I'm, I'm really just sitting with that uh, moving into the barbershop so the barbershop is a segment where kind of along the same lines as the fist bump we're just talking about mental health, wellness, emotional wellness, um, taking care of ourselves uh, as men and and what that means. Just quick little things, any tidbits I pick up from the week. Um, I think I put put on here on the podcast that I've recently started the Whole30. Not even recently, I'm 30 days in, so I'm sure I talked about it because that's how I roll. Um, Oh, FYI, I'm in the car right now. So if you hear... If you hear the engine running, it's because I'm actually in the car uh, at soccer practice while my son is is going through his thing. Um, just I don't want to take I don't want to leave any time unused. You know I don't know if that's if that's just something as I'm getting older. You know you understand or appreciate the value of time a little bit more. But I don't just want to be here scrolling the net or whatever. Just watching practice because who wants to do that all day um so i figured hey i have my computer i have my mic let's rock you know what i mean um but yeah so whole 30 i've been on whole 30 now for 29 days i think today is actually my 30th day so tomorrow i'm going to weigh myself i haven't weighed myself in 30 days um for those of, if you haven't if i haven't shared with you but basically whole 30 is where you're focusing on kind of re uh refocusing recentering your diet on natural foods on whole foods no sugar no bread no cheese no legumes uh, I like saying that word no uh, um, I don't like to say the things that you you, you can do again because you know I'm trying to look at things from an appreciative model um, so what we can eat is you know any meat for the most part um, vegetables fruit um, whole foods, avocados, you know, things that are going to keep us full, keep us healthy. It's been 30 days. My clothes don't fit. You know, I don't have a lot of room. My thigh, the, the thighs of my pants feel not as tight like I'm wearing biker shorts to work. Um, my skin is a little bit more clear. I'm sleeping better at night. I have more energy during the day. Um, when I run, my knees don't hurt. I don't have any soreness after running. It's a lot of benefits so far, um, and you know I'm really, I'm I'm really excited about it. 
Um, but I'm also a little worried about re-entering back into, I don't want to say normalcy, because I'm not just going to go and start eating regular tomorrow, have a burger tomorrow with the bread. Um, you're supposed to reintroduce things to your diet slowly so that you can see what is having an impact on your body and so on and so forth. So um, I'm worried because I feel really good. Um, and I don't really want to go back to eating like I was and, and drinking calories and putting a whole bunch of sugar and milk on shit. And, you know, so I, I think I might keep it the way it is. Now, what I do want is uh, some bourbon. I may, I may throw that back into the mix, um, but we'll see. So just for those of you that are interested in doing um, something that's real with your diet, that's that's manageable that's not too challenging whole 30 was it for me and i've tried everything and this one just hasn't been hard um there are times when i have cravings but after the first 11 12 days cravings are gone anyway so i don't know that's just my thought um thought on that and and uh you know then this that's the barbershop section real quick yo so, music, while we're in the barbershop, let's talk about Mr. Logan. Mr. Logan was my first piano teacher at uh, Concord Baptist Church in Brooklyn, Marcy, New York. Uh, Mr. Logan uh, was an eccentric man, loud, brash, unapologetic. He was yelling at four-year-olds as we were learning to play the piano, and he didn't give one hell. And he was so hard on us and so good at the same time that uh, I was playing very advanced piano when I was seven years old. I'm talking Chopin, I'm talking Tchaikovsky uh, when I was seven years old, um, doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been able to do. That's thanks to Mr. Logan. So I dedicate this part to him, just talking about music and the impact that it's had on my life um, and that it's having on my life right now. And right now, I am all in on J.I.D. or J.I.D. For those that you don't know, I know my podcast listeners don't listen to music like I do. You know, some of y'all are a little over the hill. So for you all, let me break it down. Rap is a music that was started in the 70s by a young man out of New York. Now let me stop. Um, But yo, Jid is an artist out of Atlanta. He's connected with, um, with J. Cole and Black and some of those kind of... Uh, the, the new conscious rappers, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, I'm late, so I'm not even going to act like I'm putting anybody on anything. Um, I think he came out in 2016 or 17. I've heard about him. I've seen his name, but there's just so much new music that I'm sometimes, you know, it's kind of like a guessing game who you're going to pick up on and choose. Um, my man, SK, my line brother, uh, one of my closest friends whose music choice, for the most part, I say 93% of the time is pretty on on point. He'll go left field real quick and throw in some random shit like, what are you doing? Um, but he's been talking about Jid for a minute and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, you hyping. Um, but I went and listened to his latest uh, mixtape. I think it's a mixtape. It's called DiCaprio 2, like Leonardo DiCaprio 2. Um, and when I tell you homeboy is absolutely spazzing um, on this album with melodies. His flow is unlike anything anybody else is doing right now. 
I'm talking about he's rhyming entire sentences, three and four sentences, with the syncopated, you know, the, the beat, and he's rhyming the syncopation. He's aligning syncopation from bar to bar, which is just absolutely insane. Um, but yo, so, so, such a dope artist. Atlanta's really killing it right now on the creative side. Um, he and Black, who just released East Atlanta Love Letter CD a few months ago. Um, you know, of course, Cole's not from Atlanta, but he's aligning himself with that crew. So I'm with it. You got to check out Jid uh, definitely when you have a chance. Um, I have a lot to say about schools, and I, I, I've been saying this for the last few weeks. So normally there is a, a segment here called I Hate the PTA, um, where I'm just going to highlight um, issues in education. You know, as an educator, I'm always kind of thinking deeply about what I can do to make an impact in education, you know, for our two children and then just in general in my work. Um, and I'm not quite, I don't have it quite formed yet how I want to start the introduction to education for the podcast. Um, I have tons and tons of ideas, tons of things that I talk about at work and that I talk about with friends and colleagues. But in terms of this podcast and what's going to be really beneficial for the listeners, I haven't really figured that out yet. So I keep on putting it on hold. It's coming. Uh, just understand that I am firmly in belief that the American public school education system is bullshit. And, and, um, and, and, and the more that I formulate these thoughts, the more schools I visit, the more principals I talk to, the more district leaders I talk to and work with, um, the system is inherently racist. American school system is racist. And so if you are of a race that is not white, you're losing. And the system is designed for us to lose and for our children to lose. And so the reason why I am so hesitant to talk about it is because I, I don't know how to justify for the listeners how my kids are still in the system. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a part of a lot of systems that are inherently racist and 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 have certain biases or whatever, but none of them are so important as the American education system. You know, it's something that for the most part, everybody in the country is privy to. And so when I say public education, I mean public schools, of course, charter schools, and private schools too. So private schools, don't get it twisted and think that you're safe. Oh, I'm in private school, so I'm not, uh, I'm not exposed to the bullshit in, in public schools. Yes, you are, because the same teachers that are racist in public schools are the same teachers, if not more so, that are racist in your private schools that won't allow people to come and speak. Um, you know, what what's having me so charged up right now, I just read a story. There's a private school in North Carolina where I live now that wouldn't that that rescinded an invitation for a black woman to come and talk because she supports LGBT rights and, and gay marriage. They rescinded an invitation for her to talk about Black History Month at their little private you know, Catholic school in, in the Triangle area 
um, because she supports LGBT rights. Like, what the fuck? Like, how are you, how are we educating the whole child if we know that there's children in our schools that are LGBT, and we know that there's children's family members that are LGBT, but we are going to rescind an invitation, so we're going to limit exposure. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so many instances of that where we have you know, school systems and teachers and entire organizations that are muddled, if that's the right word, with racist people, racist thoughts, and we have black and brown and Asian and disabled and gay kids in school where these conservative white teachers and the black folks that are impacted by racism are teaching our kids without acknowledging their mindsets without, you know, adhering to the fact that, you know what, I might be a racist, and as a result, I might treat your child differently, and as a result, your child won't dissect and digest information in an appropriate way, because I don't believe they can, and so I'm not going to teach them well, and I'm going to expect the very least from your black child, um... So, I say all that to say, I'm not going to talk about education yet, Um, because there's just so much happening always, every day with education, and and I want to approach it in a way, I might do an education month, where maybe in the month of March or April, we just talk all about education every week, and we take a different aspect of education, maybe focusing on my experiences, you know, with my daughter in kindergarten, in first grade, so looking at the K through five, my son is in seventh grade, looking at the middle school space, and then a lot of my work professionally has been in the high school and college space, so maybe I'll do that in March or April, so hold tight on to that. Um, so for our main segment today, for the real tea today, what I'm cooking up in the for the roti, um, the roti for those that first time listening is the meat of this. It's the meal of the podcast, and I might have gave you too big of an appetizer with the last education rant, but um, for the roti today, I don't even know, man. I I'm kind of freestyling this um, because my mind is in a lot of places. Um, I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling good, but then I also know that, I don't know, that there's a limit to my strength. Wow, that's the title of the episode. There's a limit to my strength. Yo, my, any, okay, I'm gonna just let it, let that rock. Um... Now, the, so a lot of the stories that I share in the podcast are, are personal stories. These are things that are impacting me. Um, and so, like I said in the past, I've used the podcast to be my therapy, you know, where I let it all out, dump it all out. And, you know, 45 minutes later, hour and 15 minutes later, I'm like, all right, boom, and I'm out. And I leave that all there. And so now I'm trying to capture my concerns and what's hitting me and and package it in a way that's going to be more helpful to my listeners, right? And so, like I told you all through the podcast, you know, family recently moved to um, North Carolina. 
and I have been commuting back and forth for work, right? So I'm still working in D.C., and I have been um, three to four days a week, I'm in D.C., so I leave on a Tuesday morning, let's say, and I come back on a Thursday or a Friday, right? Um, so that's, you know, two nights where I'm away from the kids, three nights where I'm away from my wife. Um, and, you know, of course, with all of the complexities that come along with that, you know, it's still, you know, how do I maintain a presence, physical and emotional and spiritual presence in my family and what does that really mean you know when I'm there and when I'm not you know um and some of the realizations that I've had to face as a result of my absence have been just a little I don't know they've been a little too too real for read too real for tv you know what i mean like as a man who all of my adult life my married life my life as a family man like my role has been to be there and as i'm not just there taking them space but like i am the the person in our family that's usually helping the kids with homework and that was my general role my daughter's in, in first grade, so, you know, it's not as much real with her yet. But, you know, I was the one that helped with the projects. I was the one that did homework and test corrections and quizzing and, you know, and I was mostly the one that took kids to practice because my wife worked a little bit further away when we were in Maryland. And uh, so when it came to a lot of the caring of the kids, of course, my wife and I are team. We had our routine. Um, but I think if I'm honest, and my wife will correct me if I'm wrong, I think I did a majority of the FaceTime stuff with the kids because my job hasn't been as demanding. My job, my wife has usually had a little bit more demanding jobs, you know, um, leadership roles she's had that didn't allow her to be as flexible as my, as my jobs did. So I took a lot of that responsibility. And so, um, coming to the realization here that for the main reason that I'm not here like I'm, there's a couple days a week where I'm not in the house a lot of that has to shift and I have to let go of a lot of the I don't know the control that that garners like you know if if I'm getting FaceTime with my kids you know prior when we were in Maryland and now I'm not like, there's a little bit of currency that you also lose with your children. And, like, how much of that do I want to acknowledge? Like, a lot of it, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, I talk to them every day. Anyhow, so a lot of these things are coming into focus now, right? A lot of these things, like, I have to be real about. Like, you know what? Again, what did Nick Giovanni say? people resist transition they want to be like nah i'm i'm still there like i I, i'll do i had to lean into it and say kids like you know i'm not here for these two days three days when i'm not here mommy you know mommy's in control you know and you know there there's a certain control that i have to relinquish as a result right that's hard for me yo like Okay, I'm not even gonna go there because that 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 makes that that's a different that's a different episode. 
Um, and on top of that, I feel as if in the past, like my, because of my personality, because I'm loud, I'm big, I'm gregarious, like my personality became the personality of the household. And I feel like as dads, like we had to understand our power there. You know what I'm saying? I've talked about this in the past, but like a lot of our fathers, thinking back to, you know, our fathers, our grandfathers, were like the silent strong type. And so, you know, if dad was there or not, like maybe you knew, maybe he had a role, maybe he didn't, you know, he wasn't making dinner, he wasn't in the way, he wasn't, he was in the corner, you know, kept keeping quiet, let the ladies do whatever they had to do, you know. Um, and so this generation of fathers are doing things differently, as we know. Um, and I'm doing things differently. I've chosen to do things differently. And when I'm not there, when I'm not in the household, when I'm in North in, in DC, you know, my wife does things differently. Right. And I had to come in. Oh, my mic fell because I'm in the car. Um, I had to come in and, and, um, I had to come in and kind of fall in line with a certain order that she has that's different from mine. You know, that with 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 the uh, the way that the kids may, you know, small things like celebrations or the way they may approach their homework or the way that she makes lunches. Because these are all things that I did, right? So it's like, as a as an involved father, as a over involved maybe father, I would even say, handling that and watching that shift has been really. Mm, I don't want to even put a value on it. I, I it's been a shift, right? And it's been a part of my maturation process. And, and it's easy for me when I come back into the house to just be like, nah, nah, y'all go ahead. Like, I got it. Y'all good. Like, you know, I'm going to just sneak in. And so the, le- the lesson that I've had to learn is when I come back into the house, y'all, I'm, I'm pops. Like, what's good? Daddy here now, you know what I mean? You want daddy, daddy here now. Okay, let's see what we got going on. And you know what I mean? And and, and how to do that in a way that is not going to step on my wife's toes, who's been holding it down while I'm not there. You know, but acknowledging that I'm not mom. You know, so when I'm here, if I'm taking you to school, it's not going to be a whole lot of singing and dancing. It's not going to be a whole lot of, you know, smiley eyed. It's like, oh, we got to go. Get your ass in the car. And you know what I'm saying? So, man, it's been a lot of just realizing, you know, what what is going to be my role with this new transition and how long is this setup going to last in a way that is beneficial, mutually beneficial for me and my family and me and my profession. Um, 
you know, what I also noticed is that there were certain challenges that my wife has when I'm not there. And, you know, without going into the gory details, it's hard for her. You know? And how do I, as a man, justify leaving once a week and not being there and leaving her to do all of this? Now, listen, my wife is fully capable. She's got it. I mean, she tells me every single day, huh? relax, I've got it. You're fine. Do your thing. But at the same time, you know, I know her and I know the kids and I know what it's like when I'm there. And I know certain things happen when I'm not there that wouldn't happen if I, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's a little bit of ego. It's a little bit of knowing my worth and knowing my role. And when I'm there, shit don't happen like X, Y, and Z. And maybe when I'm not there, things happen that's better. Because I'm not there. Because daddy might be a little overbearing on certain things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like really recognizing the your faults in that. The role that you're playing. You know, self-justifying that. You know what? I'm making this decision to be away from my family. I'm making an active decision. I'm telling my kids every week when they're like, Daddy, we don't want you to go. Why are you doing this? Why? And I'm like, babe, my daughter and my son, son, listen, my job, our jobs are important, right? And I'm not saying I'm going to be doing this forever, but ultimately I'm doing this so I can be the best dad I can be. You know what I mean? Because if I was to stay in North Carolina and have a shitty job and be miserable, then y'all be hating me too. So it's like I'm keeping this wonderful job that I love. I'm coming home to a family that I love. It's like the best of both worlds. Except for when I think of like the my actual presence not being there. And so tying this up, I, I'm, I know I'm talking a bit much in circles. Tying this up and how this relates to you, right? You know, one, we spend way much t- we spend way too much time at work not to be fully validated not to feel whole. We spend too much time at work for our jobs to be treating us like shit. So if you have a job that you love, do what you can to keep it. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're doing something on your own or you have opportunities to start your own thing. Like if you're working in a corporation or a company or with people or on a mission that you really love and that you like you get and that speaks your language that they validate you and you validate them and it's a good marriage. Like do what you can to keep it because when you're happy at work, you're happy in other areas of your life. And I've seen way too many people that hate their job and as a result they come home and beat their kids or they come home and they ignore their wife or they come home and they bury themselves in their phone to try to escape from a reality that they just fucking hate. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's that's what I want you all to take away. That, that's not not just about the job, but then also just about like whatever transitions you're going through in life. You know, really leaning in and being honest about your role in in these changes. You know, are these changes happening to you? Are you, you know, 
impacted by the changes? Are you impacting the change as well? Or are you just letting it move you? You know what I mean? Um, take some time to reflect about your role in your household, man. Um, what is it like when you're not there? What is it like when you are there? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and do what you can to be the most impactful that you can while you are and when, even when you're not. So I know I'm over time. I don't know what time I started. I didn't start my stopwatch because I'm in the car. Probably have carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in and just being here with me as I talk through these things. And, and hopefully I left you with something that, that you can utilize and, 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 and feel as we go through life together, y'all. Yo, this is Five Mics, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. And I'll holler at y'all later. I hope the quality is all right. Uh, we'll see. Peace.